home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. Welcome back to the Home Building and Remodeling Show. Today, we're going to talk about relationship management. Why is this important? Well, the client relationship is the most important part of being successful in any business but in contracting especially. So let's just jump right into it. Trust and confidence. So how do you build confidence in your relationship with the client? And why is that important? Well, the the first impression you have is when you answer the phone, when the client calls and needs something, some sort of work done. So when they call you, how you pick up the phone, how you respond, if you respond, all matters. So Building trust starts from that first initial phone call. Picking up the phone, guess what? You just earn one trust point because I'm sure they're not going to only call you. They're going to call multiple contractors to get multiple bids for the jobs. But if you're picking up when they call you instead of letting it go to voicemail or if you do let it go to voicemail, call them right back in a timely manner, then that matters. That helps build that relationship. It helps build confidence And that gives a good first impression. One of the hardest things to do is miss that phone call and then try to call back. But by then, they've already reached out to two or three other contractors. And of those two or three other contractors, one of them have picked up the phone. And what that causes is you to miss out on the job. And I know there's statistics that talk about this type of stuff, how being responsive can help you win the job, can help you get a foot in the door. So make sure to pick up the phone when these people are calling and they need work. You have to respond. If you cannot pick up the phone, just call back in a timely manner and leave a voicemail. Don't hesitate to leave a voicemail and then follow it up with a text. Also follow it up with an email if on their voicemail, they left you an email. That's the first step in building trust and confidence. It's how you answer the phone and how quickly you can respond to their need, not just by responding on the phone, but also setting up the appointment for you to go take a look at the project and see what it is exactly they need in their project. So where does repeat business come from? Well, 
If you make that good first impression, you build trust and confidence, you communicate well throughout the project, that client is more likely to recommend you to their family, friend, neighbor, whatever it may be. And a lot of the times you'll see in our industry, if you're working next door, the the neighbor is going to at least, it's going to pique their interest. They're going to want to see what's going on, what the neighbor has, uh, what project it is. They're going to see your vehicle with decals. They're going to see your trailers. They're going to see whatever it is that you pull up in. And then they're going to get inquisitive and they're going to talk to their neighbor, maybe while you're there, but maybe after you leave as well. And if you've already built that trust and confidence and now you're really doing a good job, right? I can't overstate this enough, but the quality of work has to be there. You have to care about what the work looks like, how you've communicated with the client, what your employees are doing, what you're doing in front of the client. All of that stuff leaves an impression and you're more likely to get repeat business from that client if you do all of the things necessary, such as cleaning up after yourself, um, ask, telling them where you stand at the end of the day is one of the most important things you can do as well. And then also, they're going to be more likely to give you a referral to refer you to their friend, family, whatever it is, if you're doing all the things that it takes to build that client relationship. And it is managing that relationship. It's not just win the job and start collecting money. It's how you progress through the job, how you talk to them, how you communicate, if there's a problem, if there's a delay, all of those things matter in building a successful client relationship. So they will give you repeat business and referrals if you just do your part and are effective while you're at their house. And now we move into Shop Talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. Okay. And if you wanted to... to like really, I guess, accelerate training for a younger person now, knowing what you know and and being a, you know, a great painter, what would you do? How would you structure that? Because it does take time to learn technique, but some of the stuff that you had to pick up on your own, you now have the ability to teach an apprentice um, and train them. So what would you you know, could you design a path for an apprentice to learn these things that we just talked about? Brush types, paint types, applications of paint. Now you've got the knowledge. So it's like you could take the time to teach somebody to be very good at their craft and have th- that to me is professional development, right? It's going beyond the there's no greater teacher than experience in the field for sure that is absolutely my opinion but taking the time to have the discussions about um types of paint uh types of brushes applications of paint where does that sometimes people get left behind because those conversations and that training isn't taking place they may learn to paint but if they paint with the wrong paint it's a bad you see you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So where in the construction industry, where to where can we find more balance for that? Where can you get that take that knowledge you have and really sit down and say, Okay, I wanna teach them the type of brush, the type of caulk gun, 
the type of caulk, right? We hadn't even talked about caulk because that's a whole nother thing. But um, prep work, how important is prep work in paint? 100%. Right. It doesn't matter. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. It really doesn't matter how well you can paint if the canvas is jacked up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't compensate for holes and and dirt on the walls and things like that. That, that again, is a separator as a professional painter where your paint, I mean, your prep work has to be on point. Yeah. Right? So taking that time. But if you don't know... You don't know. Yeah. So like if I was just to, to, to grab one of the young apprentices, say, come paint this room, mm. right? And hand them a brush and a bucket of paint. What are they going to do? Get it everywhere. They're going to come in and they're going to paint this room. Had they not been taught how to do the prep work and, and, you know, different things like that. But now if I handed you a brush and a bucket of paint and sent you in here, you turn right around and say, Chris, uh-uh, we're not doing You see what I mean? Yeah, I got to so, fix all this. Yeah, I got to. Right. And so that that part of the development is is where we're trying to bridge the gap, right? Because you have a ton of knowledge. They're green. How do we accelerate their learning? Because they're, they're out in the field right now. They're out in the field right now learning how to work. And be workers and install and remodel. But where can we accelerate their knowledge and help them um, learn the stuff that you have in, in your mind that you know they need to be paying attention to? Before they make mistakes, it, you know, is that us doing the, the training that we've been doing? Um, you know, how can you get that knowledge to them? What would you suggest for another company or another contractor, specifically even a paint contractor that's watching this or listening to the podcast in the future? If if you could do it over and you were running even, well, you don't have to do it over. You can do it here and you have the ability to do it here at this company, you know, from a painter's perspective, somebody that's seasoned, what would be you know, a good way to balance that, you know, uh, that mindset of um, not always just keeping your head down and work because we got to work to make money. We got to close out the paint job to collect the check. But then also on the back end, you may make a ton of mistakes because of the inexperience. What do you think optimally? And I know I'm putting you on the spot here, so it doesn't have to be the correct answer. If I can think of something, I would try to say, for me, I have a problem of not letting people do it. Yeah. Like I just do it and but they have to do it. You you tell them. Yeah. And then tell them no or yes or And that's when you came in and was like, Don't let nobody else caulk. Right. 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 And then but you've started training them and uh so do you, I think that happens more than people know too, where it's like, okay, get out of the way and let me just, yeah, let I'm me just, just going to do it. Yeah. I don't have time. I've got to get this done. So, and, and for us, we can't afford to just have a couple people doing everything because we're a growing company. Yeah. So how do we bridge that though? Because we want them to make mistakes, but we, so for us, we train at the workshop, right? I have them caulking a crooked door jam at the workshop. So when they're out in the field, they're not, doing that they're not training and making mistakes in front of the client yeah. um 
do you think there's value in the hands-on training that we do on Fridays? For sure. Like sitting and showing. Okay. So is that something that you embrace as a painter now that you're here with us? Do you think it's beneficial having a training program like that? I do, but I think it needs to be more hands-on for them. Yeah. So, like, you demonstrate, and and so, like, right now, right, I'll say, hey, let's do some training. You'll go out and demonstrate. But, like, last week, not only did you demonstrate, you talked about it, but then you each apprentice jumped up there and, and used the caulk gun. Yeah. So, that's what you're saying. So, make the training that you're doing relevant. Not only are you teaching them um, or demonstrating how to do it, make them jump in. Right. So if we if we're moving forward with this and we're talking about our next um, training for paint, um, you know, the next thing they need to do is grab a damn paintbrush. Right. Mm-hmm. Or grab a, a caulk gun and and do do the hands on portion. Yes. Gotcha. This okay. is why you do this. And this is why. Yeah. And then when they're so also, too, because we could be rough and gruff with each other um, in the industry, but. Two, it's the, um, you know, correcting them in a manner that, you know what I'm saying? Not just like. But now hey. they're not mad. Yeah. Because that's how I got taught. Right. Screamed at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and some people shut down over that. So, yeah. you know, it's uh they say the, the constructive criticism. Yeah. So saying, hey, look, you did all right, but here's where you can improve instead of. Hey, dumbass. Or something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, real, realistically. Um, and that's something that we continually work on here. You, you've you got a mix of old school and new school mentality. You've got a mix of, of people that come from a background where they just came in and worked. They didn't ask questions. And they worked. And then they were yelled at. And mm. they just figured it out. And hopefully they were strong enough to take that and stick it out. Yeah. Well, here now, people don't respond to that anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? They don't respond to that way. So when we're doing this, we we have to change. They don't have to change. Yeah. That's what I think people fail to realize, right? In order to run a um, a successful company, you've got to be willing to change, lead change, adapt to the change, and understand it's here instead of resisting the change and saying, well, this is how we've always done it. Yeah. Well, you're always going to be in the same position if if you keep that mentality. Um, well, I'm look. I'm super happy to have you here. You were in there painting the wall, and uh, I'm always pulling y'all to to jump on these things. But I would say, like, there is no better painter that I know. Um, and I just wanted to get you on here to talk to the audience to maybe inspire some young women out there. Um, and uh, I appreciate you, and I'm glad that you came on and talked to us. And I know you get nervous about some of this stuff, but I quite honestly, man, you're so well spoken that I can't wait to get you back on here again because I think people like they like hearing the voice, the voices from the field. Right? You know what I mean. And uh, so, and you're a leader in 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 the paint world and our industry. And you've got there's so much more we're gonna peel back just um, specifically for paint. Yeah. Um, so all right, Jen, I appreciate you. Until next time, we'll see y'all. Thanks. Now we're gonna move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're gonna bring in an interior designer and we're gonna talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. 
right, welcome everybody to today's show. We've got Christy, our interior designer, back in the house. And today we're going to talk about making your dream kitchen a reality with simple upgrades. And when we say simple, so we were we were kind of looking at lists and ideas and stuff, and we really wanted to keep it simple. So I don't even I don't think we were talking about you know removing and replacing cabinets and and countertops and stuff that can get expensive. But we're saying simple things that even a DIY home improvement person could do, right? Right. Okay. Right. So what's some of the ways they can do that? Some way. So a simple. The easiest probably would be the hardware, just because the holes are already there for you just to unscrew that, put a new one in. It obviously makes an instant change. Yeah. So and that's so with the with the hardware, I have a question. Is gold back? It is it? Look, why are you making that face? Listen, I never thought I would see that yellow gold come back. Oh well. There's the, I would say the brush gold definitely yeah. is more popular. I mean, back in the 80s, 90s, it was the polished yeah. brass, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the brush gold is very trendy yeah. right now. Yeah, it's back. It's oh, back, goodness. and it makes a big difference. <laughs> and you can blend that with your stainless appliances, too. Some people are turned off by that because they don't want to mix their metals. Sure. Um, but that definitely is. It, There's a way to do it, there right? There is a way to do it, right? Okay. Yeah. So hardware, okay, that sounds simple hardware. enough. Hardware, yeah. Um, countertops. If you do not have a large kitchen, depending on the size, obviously, of that, um, it can be expensive. Sure, but it does make a big change. Gotcha. Okay, and and you're going to need somebody to come in and do that. But there are. Now, here's a question I have for you. Speaking of countertops, and one of the more popular um, and easier installs is a butcher block. But yes, I knew you were going to make this face, but we are getting a lot of farm, uh, farmhouse styles going, mm. um, and remodeling and in the home building side. And some people are wanting the butcher block countertop, but what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I would, I, I don't have them in my home. I've never done them actually on a job. Um, but I would definitely be questioning the maintenance of that sure um and by that you mean for me this is what i think wood is porous and so when you're doing a a butcher block install you have to protect it you have to stain it or some come Mm -hmm. pre-stained but you definitely have to uh seal that yeah yeah and And that probably does require i would assume i do not know might be another podcast for somebody else, but that sure. would definitely be, I would think, um, a maintenance reoccurrence that you would need to keep doing every few years. Absolutely. Just as any other wood finished product mm-hmm. that you're going to have some sort of upkeep, whether it be, you know, sand and refinish, those types of things. Um, okay. And then, you know, so, but speaking of butcher block, from a maintenance standpoint, over time, it, it, to me, it looks good and it's a good look, but... Uh, I don't think it's as durable uh, over time as some right, of the other right, countertops. Right, right. So okay. the, your countertops, your hardware, um, paint, obviously, even though the price in that the past few years has gone through the roof. Sure. That is th- something that you can still do um, on your own and save quite a bit of money. So, And right. that makes a big difference. 
Um, and that can also include painting cabinets. Yeah. So I think we talked about that earlier. Yeah, we, also. we talked. So like in the kitchen, there's uh, depending on the layout of the kitchen, there's not a, a ton of wall space, right? Because you've got cabinets, you've got. Uh, so one of the other things and we'll, we'll kind of tie them together, but in addition to the paint, we talked about backsplash. Absolutely. Right? And that is a very, the way that they have, especially with the materials now, um, I did my own backsplash. It, granted, it was only like a little bar area. How, how did it turn out? Is it good? Well, I, I measured so precisely okay. that there were no cuts involved. Ah. So, because I don't have tile tools. Sure. I'm, I'm not a tile installer and I yeah. did not want to rent any. So I, I literally picked tile with the measurement with the intention of not having any cuts. And did it, and it, it worked it out. Worked, right? wow. It worked. Wow. It fit. So I used, good. I used a no grout tile. Okay. So I actually only had, um, with a tile adhesive, which they have now a lot. I mean, I just had like a container of, it. I can't remember the brand of it, but sure. picked it up at Lowe's or home Depot. And I literally like pasted the back. Of my tile and put it to the wall and it, and and it, it set i'm very happy good. with it and, <laughs> and it was you, free labor so hey listen and that and that is and we're talking about simple things simple ideas so mm-hmm. and that's about as simple as it gets yeah now when, besides the hardware yeah bes- change out true now when you do the hardware though you need to make sure that you get the right knobs and pulls right. because they are different size you right. got three inch you got five inch right. So and what you do when you open your cabinet, you just measure those screw distances. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you just measure that and then you go to wherever Lowe's, Home Depot, your general store. And that's what, mm-hmm. that's what you measure that mm-hmm. distance, three inch, five inch, whatever it is. It goes up 10 inch, things like that. Okay. Now, when you're saying change out the hardware, it's, it's simple if you're keeping the same sizes, True. right? If you start to like change from a, you know, a five inch to a 10 inch pool, mm-hmm. now you're talking drilling right. holes, touch up paint, right. all this weird. Right. So yeah. So w- w- the hardware side that she's talking about is just keeping the same sizes and using the same holes. If right. you do it that way, it's simple. So we've said hardware, we talked about countertops, we've talked about paint, we've talked about backsplash. But I wanted to get back to the paint thing because there's walls and there's cabinets. Mm -hmm. So there are people professionally who just paint cabinets because they are sensitive to to paint, right? And you uh, you can mess it up. But it depends on kind of the look. Did you say you can't mess it up? You can. Oh, I was like, definitely. Yeah. You can mess it (laughs) up. Absolutely. And so on the simple side, it may seem simple to paint a set of cabinets, but um, most of the professionals are going to like remove your doors, take them to a shop, spray them, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Now we have Jen, our painter, who actually does brush. Uh, paint cabinets, which is surprising to still yeah. see because it does require a level of touch and, you know, going in the right direction, mm-hmm. the right type of brush. So it can be simple, but you need to research the technique well, and stuff, right? And your quality of cabinets. So sure. some of them really, to say it politely, are just not worth saving. So absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah. they're, they're not going to be worth even what you would spend on the paint especially your time um, just to have it chip away in a few months is yes, it it. wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth it. So that's where those other changes is um, the countertops, the hardware. 
Um, another change I was going to suggest was appliances. Yeah. So appliances, which can obviously get, but Hey, the 4th of July is coming up and they will be great. Sales. Yeah. yeah. So That's right. Bundle it up. Yep. And, and another thing too is, um, and, and we didn't talk about costly, right? Cause appliances can be costly, but it's simple to swap out fridges to swap mm-hmm. out, you know, those types of things. So these are simple upgrades that you can do to get that dream kitchen and you're not doing a full blown renovation or remodel. Right. That's where a lot of the, you know, the labor for a professional company to come in and, and do that, rip out cabinets and buy cabinets and, and things like that. It can get expensive. Um, was there anything else that you had on your list? Lighting. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are, the Home Building and Remodeling Show.